everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. We are so glad that you guys are joining with us today. We are talking about trials today, which is a topic I'm sure many of you know uh, pretty well. So yeah, I'm excited for today's topic, Carol. Me too. Um, I have a fun story to share though before yeah. we get started. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. You know, um, after our son's wedding, my husband and I, we went to Florida and we went to Anna Maria Island. And while we were there, I ran into a niece of mine who lives in Columbus, Ohio. So that's the first part that was really fun. Totally unexpected. I have a ton of nieces and nephews. And so that was really fun. Well, one of the mornings we decided to grab coffee with her so we could all catch up. And we were at this really cute um, breakfast place. And um, it was probably about an hour into our breakfast. And these two lovely women came up to us and they said, excuse me, but we've been overhearing your conversation a little bit. Do you have a Christian podcast? And I said, yes. And they said, well, we live in Virginia and we would like the name of your podcast. Can you write it down? So I wrote it down for him and how to find it. And so I just wanted to do a shout out to these ladies in Virginia. Um, It was so nice meeting you out there. And it was just a joy to have someone come up and be interested in our podcast. And we talked to them for a few minutes and then they left. And so, yeah, it was just a fun little thing. You know, God is amazing because it's his body after all, the church. And I love how he connects his people together. He's got his people everywhere and we all need encouragement and we all just need each other. And so it was just really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Hello to our new listeners. I love how that just worked out that they came up to breakfast. It was sweet. Yeah, I love that. Well, do you want to uh, start us off for today? Sure, sure. So today's topic is about something that Mallory mentioned, um, something that every person has or will experience, and that is trials and the importance of having faith that holds up under those trials. And something I want to point out is that there is a difference between testing and trials and temptation, because oftentimes people confuse the two. God will never tempt us, but he will test us. And one of the ways he tests us is through trials. Why? Because he wants us to pass the test. But when you tempt someone, you are hoping they will fail. God tests people, the devil tempts them. That's the difference. The devil wants us to fail. So God tests us, but testing is part of maturing us in our walk. Because every trial that we go through, where we maintain faith and faithfulness through it, we are strengthened in that faith. So when the next trial comes, we are stronger for the next trial. But it's not always easy to have real joy during such times, right? I mean, that's many of us today. We are facing real trials. And you might be saying to yourself, are Mallory and her really sitting there trying to tell us to rejoice in that? Yes, we are. But it's a humble, reverential rejoicing. And Mallory's going to go more into that. Because when we go through trials, we have an understanding that God's powerful work is at work in our life. Believe me, I have my own trials. I, my family members are in the midst of their own fiery trials. But the Bible says that our faith is tested and tried as by fire. It says the Lord tries the righteous. Yes, in case no one ever told you, the Christian life is full of trials and afflictions. 
In fact, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So I just want to say that as Christians, we are going to experience many afflictions and anguish of heart. We're going to experience many tears. I have had many deep, deep nights of the soul of anguish. You know, Paul shares about his trials extensively. And in the book of Hebrews, we read about Christians in great flights of fights of affliction. You know, some are tortured and mockings and scourgings and chains and on and on and on. And maybe that's one of you listening right now. You feel like you're in your own fiery trial and you're on the very brink of maybe even despair. But we want to encourage you. The Lord has a purpose in mind for that trial. And it is beyond our human thinking that he would even let us endure such things. But he does have a purpose. Yeah, absolutely, Carol. And You know, I would even say too that we're in a time where if you guys haven't noticed, there's this false gospel that's weaved its way through the churches and through the bride of Christ. And if you guys have heard this term, it's called the prosperity gospel. And part of this gospel is telling us that if we're facing trials, that we're doing something wrong that we're not doing something right. But actually, like Carol was saying, you know, the closer we look at scripture, the more we realize that the discipline, the trials, the tribulations, they're actually part of God's loving and sanctifying plan for our life. I mean, even think of the life of Job. Do you guys remember that story? You know, he experienced so much suffering in his life. If you haven't read that story, I encourage you to go back. I don't know if anyone besides Jesus went through as much suffering. He went through so much. And what happens in that story is that Satan, he comes to accuse Job in front of the Lord. And so God responds and says to Satan when he accuses him, say, says that, says about Job that no one else on earth is like him. He's a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. And when we know, you know, Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he tells God that Job only serves him just because God has blessed him. And so because of this, God allows Satan to take everything that Job owns. Well, why would you say that God allows this? Well, he allowed allowed it to give Job the opportunity to be able to show his allegiance and the fear of the Lord, no matter what his circumstances are. And I think it's important to note in this situation that God is the one who's in control. God was the one who allowed Satan to tempt him, but God is the one who's on his throne and Satan has to approach God. And God says to Satan, when Satan asked to tempt Job, God says, very well, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. And that's in Job 1.12. And so we see that Satan has boundaries. And where is God? Well, he's on earth. He's on his throne, like we said. And so it's so important to remember that even when we go through trials, that God, he is the one in control. He sees everything. He knows everything. And Satan has boundaries. He has his limits that he cannot cross. And so Job goes through extreme trials and tribulation. And we see that Job, he loses his wealth. He loses all of his children. He loses his health. He loses his status. In the midst of it, his relationships with his wife and his friends, they're not as stable as he thought because they're not even supporting him through this. And But Job stayed so faithful and did not curse God because of it. And even his wife tempted him and says to him at one point, why don't you just curse God and die? And this was his wife. Mm. But this is how Job responds to the trauma and trials. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. When I go through trials, I just love this verse. He said, but he, meaning God, knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. 
And I just love that verse. This is so key, you guys, that God will test us. Like Carol was saying, he will allow that. And it totally flips that prosperity gospel on the head that we were talking about. But Job knew that when he goes through the trial, he knew the fruit of it and he knew that he would come forth as gold. I love that story too. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, so many people have their own Job stories out there and it is, and, and to maintain that faith under those types of trials, it's really incredible. You know, and I think, you know, followers of Christ, we are going to experience the school of God's testing. It's just part of life. But like I said, it's through those trials that God knows who he can trust. Who is the one, who are the ones that are going to stay faithful to him, even when it gets really hard? That's why Paul could say in 2 Timothy, you know, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Paul, you're talking about someone, uh, Corinthians tells us, 2 Corinthians tells us, he endured beatings, imprisonment. He was in death often. He was scourged five times, 39 stripes each time. I mean, that's huge. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. And yet he was God's man. And that's how Paul could say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And what? I have kept the faith. How huge is that? Because most people in a situation like that would probably be cursing God at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. He, but that's because Paul was crucified with Christ. Galatians, I think it's Galatians, he talks about Paul being crucified with Christ, but Paul was also crucified to the world and the world was crucified to him. Nothing mattered but the Lord. And I love it how in 1 Peter 4, 1, it says, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. That's what we're supposed to do is arm ourselves with the same mind of being crucified in the flesh. Because then he continues, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He now only lives for the will of God. And that's the point. God's will is above everything else including our trial. You know, to serve God faithfully in the midst of suffering and trials takes on a whole different attitude towards sin than what is previously held because sin will no longer have the same grip on us after a trial. So in the world we face, we face testing and temptation and one comes from God and the hopes will pass the test and keep maturing and keep the faith and the other comes from the devil and the hopes that will fail and we'll need the wisdom to discern which is which. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I'm so glad that you brought up Paul. I mean, he really is someone who suffered so much. We don't even know here in the West that persecution that he went through. Um, but let's talk about kind of a classic verse for trials that a lot of people go to, or at least I go to this one a lot and just kind of break this down. So it's James 1, 2 through 4. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking anything. And, you know, a lot of times we read this verse during hard times, like I was saying, and we can read it and think, okay, I'll rejoice. I'll have joy. But you're really not rejoicing. You know, think of like, what is 
rejoicing mean? I think of the times that there was true rejoicing in my life. When I got engaged, when I got healed of Lyme disease, when I found out I was pregnant with each of my babies, you know, do I have that same joy that I have in my trials, you know, but we're told in this verse that we should have that same rejoicing that when we face trials. Well, why? Well, because everything that Carol was saying, because we're becoming more into the image of God. We're being made more mature so that we may lack no thing. And this is absolutely something that we should be rejoicing about. And I'm being convicted on this too. And so the next time I go through a trial, I'm going to be jumping up and down, praising the Lord. (laughs) So if you're not doing that with me, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, it's that same word. It's that same word Mm -hmm. of rejoice. So just to have that joy when we go through them, which is not easy, but yeah. Yeah. That's it, Mallory. When you were reading that verse of James, I gave Mallory a thumbs up because that verse just says it all perseverance or patience must have its perfect work. If it ends too soon, it's not complete. Mm -hmm. And so that verse you read, Mallory, says that when it's finished, it's complete and we will lack nothing, nothing. You know, um, one of our early studies we did was called The Narrow Gate. We even have a book called The Narrow Gate as well. And we go through the Beatitudes that are found in Matthew 5, But we go through them in a way in how they used to be taught in former times, uh, where they were taught kind of as a progression of our faith. I know right now we can pull out verses and use them to apply to different situations. But they used to teach those passages of scripture as a progression of your faith, almost like you're climbing up one side of a ladder and then back down the other. And by the time you get back down to the end, you are so crucified with Christ that, uh, it truly are living out the image of Christ in your life. And so the first four, you have the first four and then the second four and, and how they used to be taught is that they would kind of mirror each other on each end. And it comes to a full completion. Your, um, when you go through those, your life as a Christian comes to a full completion because it is now you are taking on the characteristics, the true characteristics of Christ. And then it closes with, then you're persecuted. And so it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for what? Righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my namesake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And what happens is when we really start to, when we are truly following Christ, when we are truly living our life of this full surrender, which is a beautiful picture of the Beatitudes, it is a picture of full, perfect, true surrender. We, when we are truly following Christ, guess what, friends? We are taking up a cross and we are facing trials. And the more of the characteristics and nature of Christ that we reflect to the world, the more we will be persecuted. And notice in the beatitude, we're not persecuted for anything we do. We're persecuted for righteousness, for being like Christ. You could be the nicest person on the planet to your neighbors and all of a sudden face intense persecution only for the simple reason that they see Christ in you. But he says, we rejoice and should be exceedingly glad. Why? Because we are showing genuine faith and a pure heart in following Christ. And for that, we are going to be greatly rewarded. So when someone is persecuting you for ap- and, and you are facing a trial like persecution for absolutely nothing you have done to somebody, mm-hmm. but it's simply because they just don't like who you are as a Christian, be 
exceedingly glad about that because it means Christ is evident in you. Think about this. Jesus was the holiest man to ever walk the earth, and the world hated him for it. Many still do. How is it then that the world couldn't get on with the holiest man in the world, but the world can get on with us? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's something to really ponder. That's why we're blessed if we're persecuted for righteousness sake. It means people see Jesus in us, and that's a threat to them. It's even a threat in some churches who are taking on worldly systems and they no longer look like Jesus's body, right? They are threatened by the image of Christ followers, even within their own congregations. But hold fast. Don't let one person, my friend, take your crown and let patience have its perfect work, like Mallory said, and then all will be complete. Keep in mind, the more we continue to grow and mature, the more trials and testing we're going to face because God's not going to let us stay there. He's going to keep us moving. He's going to keep us maturing. He is likely to test us and try us our whole Christian life. And each test proves the genuineness of our faith. And there is, I love, I'm I'm in the middle of reading, um, studying first Peter. I'm kind of camped out there, but this is one of my verses. I've loved this verse from years ago, but it's first Peter one, six through nine. In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be in much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, he, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I just love that whole passage because if you can bear up and endure under a trial because he's testing the genuineness of our faith, which is more precious than anything else, if we can bear up even having never met Jesus yet, but yet we love him. How great is our reward going to be for that, Mallory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad that you touched on that. And, you know, I was just reminded, too, of in Acts, I think it talks about the disciples when they went out together and they were um, persecuted and they came back rejoicing because they were counted worthy mm. of persecution. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so good to remember when going through trials, just the joy of the Lord. And I think you really hit on that so much. Um, I think I'll transition here a little bit. You know, sometimes we can, it's confusing, you know, is this my flesh or is this spiritual warfare? And, um, just to talk about that a little bit, um, there's this one story, there's this guy, um, in Colorado Springs and he's a speaker. His name is John Bevere. And he was once telling this story where he had something in his life that he was really wanting to get rid of. I think it was anger or something like that. And he says that he goes outside and he just starts praying this anger away. And he says, in the name of Jesus, I cast out anger. In the name of Jesus, I cast out anger. And he just said, the Lord so sweetly spoke to him and said, son, you can't cast out flesh. You you can't cast out flesh. You can only crucify it. And I just thought this story was so powerful. It was one of those stories that just cut me, you know, because I'm like, oh, that's so true. You know, our flesh needs to be crucified. And that's what you're talking about. And it's this process. And it's through that process that happens through trials and tribulations and discipline that we go through. And yeah, and I just want to say too, you know, we, you know, we've talked a bit about spiritual warfare in the past and other episodes because, 
you know, we're not saying in this episode that everything is our flesh too. You know, we are up against true principalities, powers, the rulers of this dark of the darkness of this world. We're up against spiritual wickedness in the high places and even our fight against darkness, even that will sanctify us because it is building us up. But I want to say, you know, that if you are up against something that's really dark, seek deliverance too, and don't just welcome it into your life because it might not be God, you know? And so I think that we really need discernment for what our trial is. And so if you're, sorry, what? (laughs) Sorry, guys, I totally messed up Mallory there for just a moment, but um, continue what you were saying. Um, yeah, I was just saying that, you know, we really do need discernment for what our trial is. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a trial or there's confusion in your season, ask the Lord what you're up against. He is not a God of confusion, but he's a God of clarity. He will show you. And I love this verse. It's John uh, 16, 13. It says the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. So ask the Lord, God, what is this trial? What's going on? Am I up against dark things? Is this my flesh? Can I add one quick short thing before you close us out? Um, That is such a great point because I experienced something like that when I um, was in one of the mountain towns here with one of my daughters and experiencing something very dark that had come up. I, I was up against something very dark. Long story short, I remember I was calling on reinforcements, um, different people to pray through the night and, um, it was probably about 4 a.m. when one of my sisters called me and I was just sharing with her everything that had happened in the last six hours. And she just paused and she said, um, Carol, she goes, don't worry. Everything has to pass through God's hands. She mm-hmm. goes, you needed to experience this situation in particular in order to go up to the next like maturity mm-hmm. level on this mm-hmm. situation. I won't go into details of what that was as private, but it was something that I, the Lord kind of like Job, he let me experience. It was a short duration. It was mm-hmm. through the night. It was something very dark, very spiritually dark. And, um, but the Lord allowed me to experience it. He wasn't going to hurt me. He wasn't going to harm me in it or anything of the sort, but, um, but he allowed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we have joy in the trial because you're just, uh, more mature in where you are in your faith and just so grateful exactly. for that. But, yeah. um, so I actually do have a story of when I just felt like it really was the Lord's hand in my trial and it was my flesh being pulled out. So, I, uh, a couple years ago, I was, it just felt like trial after trial and I'm grateful it was nothing devastating or anything really heartbreaking like that, that I was going through. It just felt like, I think the word stripped, like stripping Mm. my flesh was such a good word of what I was experiencing. And I remember one night I was driving home and I was in the car by myself and I just got this picture of God's hand. His hand was straight up and his hand was just stretched wide open and like you said, the palm of his hand, I was standing in the palm of his hand. And he said, Mallory, this is not the hand of the Lord, but this is my hand. And then the verse came to mind, Isaiah 64, eight, it says, yet you Lord are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And I just love that because it, he just said to me so sweetly, he said, Mallory, you're on my potter's wheel. This is the work of my hand. And, um, I remember I was thinking of the Lord brought me back to, I took ceramics in high school and we had the 
uh, ceramics wheel and we would like put clay on it. And I loved it. I would make like bowls and cups. I came home with like 10 cups. I remember <laughs> like coffee cups and, you know, he was just reminding me, well, what do you do when the clay is on there? Well, when I would make a cup or, um, a coffee mug, I would put one hand on one side and one hand on the other. And the only way to get it into the form that you wanted to is you have to put pressure on it Mm. and there's no way that you can make a bowl or a plate or whatever without putting pressure Mm. and he just reminded me Mallory you are the clay and I am the potter and it just felt like just the sweetness of the Lord and so because of this oh and then I just wanted to finish that so then I was in the car and then I come home and my husband he said Mallory, I was praying for you and Isaiah 64, eight came to mind right as I was coming home and I was in the wow. car and, and he just had that same verse for me I and love it. it was just so, so sweet. And you know, because of this, this is why we rejoice is when we face trials of many kinds, because we know that there's something being produced in us and we're being disciplined and we're being made into the image of God and we're becoming what he dreams of us being. And perseverance is being produced so that we will lack no good thing. And so did you want to add anything to that, no, Carol? No, good. Yeah. Okay, well, guys, we just bless you so much through whatever trial that you're going through. And I know that there's a lot of you out there right now where you're experiencing some really hard things right now. And I just really hope that this blesses you and encourages you to keep pressing in and keep pressing on to become that to come forth as gold and we bless you to come forth as gold as you're going through this trial. And if you're struggling, please reach out to us. We would love to pray for you. Our email is prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com until next time you guys take care.